0: I'm back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino. Today's episode is sort of an unofficial return to the podcast. I just got back from the book tour. It was so fun, so exciting to see so many of you on all of the stops that I made. Uh, but this episode won't be a full recap episode. I just have some thoughts I gotta get out about the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, rectal bleeding. Real Houses in New Jersey, Real Housewives of Orange County. So an unofficial return. It's just a little bonus episode, mini episode. I don't know what you want to call it uh, to hold us over until next week. But I did have to get out some thoughts. And the tour, like I said, was so amazing. There's still one more stop. I'm going to be doing a show here in Los Angeles, and I can't wait to see some of you there. Uh, but it's been so exciting getting the book out in front of people and hearing from so many of you who are enjoying it. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for all of the support and the. The tour was incredibly exhausting, although very fun. But I will say, there were days where I was just running on almost no sleep. And i got to tell you a quick story, because I had all these stops. And they were in these, like, theaters. They were in these nice theaters that some of these places do book events, some of them put on plays and local productions. And one of the cities—I'm not going to name which one, because I don't want to get in trouble here— but one of the cities that I stopped in, it was a venue that also put on local productions of theater performances, right? And so we got there, I did the show, and they had a hard out for us. So we were supposed to be out of there at a certain time. I don't know if it was eight or nine or what time it was. But we were supposed to be there, out out of there, on the dot. And at the shows, because of the COVID precautions at a lot of these places, I wasn't able to always do official, like a meet and greet thing. But I was trying to go and take pictures and get out into the crowd afterwards. And so this one place, I ended up staying a little longer because I was out, you know, enjoying the people. And taking some photos and all of that kind of stuff. And while I was doing that, the usher was yelling at me, come on, you got to get out of here, get out of here! You know, he's like yelling at me, yelling at me to get out of there. And I was like, no, I'm with the people. We're having a gay old time. Uh, But anyway, at a lot of these stops, Matt does all my tech. And he wasn't able to join me for the whole tour, but he was able to join me for most of it. And so Matt, what he does is he brings his uh, little suitcase, and it's got the laptop in, it's got books, it's got all the stuff we need for the show. And he sets it all up, he's great at all that. And so backstage, we had his little suitcase and all the stuff uh, goes in the suitcase as we wrap up the show. And because we ran a little long, the usher decided to, the usher or whoever worked at this venue, decided to take it upon himself and help us pack up, which is a really sweet thing to do. He's helping us pack up to get us out of there. He wanted us the hell out.
1: Get out of here!
0: <laughs> Shouting in our faces to get out of there. I mean, I get it. They had something going on afterwards. I understand. No no worries. Anyway, so after the show, we got a hard out, so he decides, this gentleman who worked there decided to pack up all the stuff so we can leave in a hurry. So we get back to the hotel at late at night, and I'm all wound up, and I'm looking through my stuff. We had a flight the next morning. Had to wake up at 4.30 the next morning. I'm again running on little to no sleep, and I realize I'm out of my essentials, so I ran out of my undies, my socks, and my clothes. I didn't pack enough essentials when I went on this... 10 plus day trip. So I turn to Matt as he's about to, uh, he's about to hop in the shower. And I'm like, Matt, I I ran out of socks and underwear. Do you have any? He's like, yeah, there's some socks in the bag. Go grab. So I go into the bag and I grab what I think is a fresh pair of socks. And I grab them from the bag and they're very thin, very thin very thin socks. But I'm half awake again. I'm not even, I'm barely conscious at this point because I've been running on three hours of sleep in 10 days. So I put on this very thin pair of socks and I go to sleep. The next morning, I wake up at 4 or four, 4.30 in the morning, got to rush off to the airport get to the airport. And I'm a long, long legged gentleman. I'm three, six three, long legged. And so when I get on a plane, usually I cross my legs and one of the legs pops in the aisle, you know, it's uh, maybe in the way, but it's the best I can do with these long ass spider legs. And so I'm sitting there and I notice this older gentleman must have been about I don't know, 65, 66, somewhere around there. He looked like my dad's age. And uh, I noticed him kind of like glaring at me a little bit as I got my legs crossed and my leg was in the aisle. And then Matt looks over and he looks at my leg in the aisle and you could see the sock. And he, Matt, my boyfriend, turns to me and he says, why are you wearing pantyhose? Now I turned to Matt and I said, look, I'm not, what are you talking about? You gave me these socks. I said they were in the bag. You told me to go in the bag and get the socks. And he said, uh, those weren't in my bag because they're pantyhose and I didn't pack pantyhose. Pantyhose. I didn't pack any stockings for this trip around the country to promote your book. And I said, well, that's what I put on, and I... And then I look down and I start to feel them, and I'm realizing, oh yeah, these are definitely pantyhose. Certainly pantyhose. Which, no shade, anyone wants to wear pantyhose. You know, we're not. I don't think pantyhose are gender specific. I'm just saying, I did realize that they were pantyhose. And then as I started to process, it took me a minute because, of course, my brain wasn't my brain power wasn't all there. But then I did realize that not only were they a pair of hose, but they were costume hose from this venue that we were at the night before. This man who was packing up our stuff must have thrown in some of the costumes that was backstage with all of our stuff just. Through and so I was wearing used pantyhose from a local production of I don't know fucking Peter Pan or something. I'm not sure somewhere there's a Tinkerbell flying in the air with some no hose on because I was wearing them on the flight ride to the next city. I was wearing some used pantyhose from a local production, you guys. It's not okay. It's not okay. And again, no shade. Whoever wants to wear a pair of stockings, more have at it. Have at the hose. But I wasn't planning on wearing somebody else's costume hose on my way to the next city, on the way to the next stop. It wasn't a great thing. Uh So, you know, it is what it is. Whoever the person was that was uh, looking for their costume the next night, or or maybe it was even that night. Maybe that's why they had to rush us out. I'm not sure. But whoever it was, I do apologize for stealing your costume hose. I didn't mean to. They were black. And again, when I took them off, I realized, oh yeah, these are definitely bannios. But when I was in the moment and they were cut too, so they didn't go like all the way up. But you know, another reason why I was kind of all confused is because when I'm flying on these flights, usually when I have a fresh bear, I'm wearing the compression socks, which really, like, the compression socks, because I get swollen legs. <laughs> I sound like such an old lady, don't I? I get swollen legs on a plane. Does that happen to anyone else? It, it was happening to me for a while. I would get off the plane. I'd be like, my feet and my legs look like, I don't know, sausage links or something. It's like they're, my legs are get all swollen in the air altitude or whatever. So I bought the compression socks that really go like above the knee, basically. So when I put on those pantyhose, although they were much thinner and less secure than my compression socks that I wear on a plane, they were still long and just as long as my compression socks. So look, I, my brain wasn't working all the way, but so I do just, I wanted to take a moment on this podcast to apologize to whoever that was floating around. I don't know. Maybe they were putting on a local production of Mrs. Doubtfire. They didn't have their hose. I'm not sure. But uh, I do apologize. My heart goes out to you, and hopefully you were able to find some other hoes um, to do your performance. But the trip was good. We mostly got through it, Matt and I, without any fighting. I mean, traveling is hard with your significant other. There was one fight when we got to Austin for South by Southwest. We did uh, – Austin. So the South by Southwest Festival is crazy. It's like it's so much fun, and Austin such a beautiful city. Which I had the best barbecue there. Oh, my God. I had a pulled pork sandwich you guys to die, to die for. Uh, but it's a really crazy time in Austin and an Uber driver left us off on the side of the freeway with luggage. With luggage, he just said, get out because the exit was closed and I'm pretty sure it's illegal, but he kicked us out on the side of the freeway. And I was already frantic. I was, I'm already a frantic person. You guys know that. And so he lets us off on the side of the freeway with luggage. And so I'm yelling at Matt. I'm like, where are we going? You know, I'm trying to get my Maps app on my phone and where do we get off at? What exit? As we're walking, luckily I wasn't wearing my hose, but I was walking just in my outfit from the plane and I'm like looking to see where we go and I'm frantic and Matt's like, go to the hotel by yourself. And like we're fighting. <laughs> and I kind of understand why. I mean, I was, I was a mess. Imagine traveling me with me like this. And so he did tell me at one point, like just go to the hotel alone, just walk there alone with your luggage off the freeway. And luckily we both made it there in one piece and we survived and we're still together to this day. So. Uh, if we could survive getting off on the side of the freeway with luggage and having to walk to our double tree hotel then certainly we can uh, we can survive anything and so um you know I'm glad and'm I was so happy to meet some of you at South by Southwest and all the dates and and thank you for the love of the book and it just means the world to me I keep getting emotional when I think about it and when I hear from you know I just get emotional about it and it's it means the world to me and i I thank you all for listening. Some of you listen to the audiobook, whatever. Anyway, we got to talk about some housewife stuff. There was just a few things. First of all, in the Bravo universe, we got to talk about Tom and Katie from Vanderpump Rules. They announced their separation. I guess they're not using the word divorce, but it really did hit me. I mean, when I don't know why, if it was because of the travel, I was extra emotional. But when I heard that Tom and Katie were getting separated, I thought, I shed a tear. I shed some tears and I don't, uh, I couldn't believe it. I don't know what it hit me so hard. Did it hit everyone else hard? And of course, we've seen on the show, I mean, he once dumped a drink on her f- head. And that was certainly not appropriate. I think we were all shouting through the TV, you need to leave him when he poured the drink on the head. We said, leave him little girl little girl little girl you need to leave him uh but still for some reason i think subconsciously even i was rooting for them in a sick way even though on this podcast i said multiple times that she should leave him uh forgive me but i think subconsciously i was rooting for them because when i heard that breakup news whoo whoo i got the fucking chills and so that was tough. Of course, The Real House of Salt Lake City—they ended their reunion, and there's, of course, so many thoughts I have about this. First of all, did we ever address the breastplate, Meredith? Remember that was in the trailer; it was in our sneak preview. Maybe I missed it, and I just—but did we ever address the fact of whether or not Meredith Marks was wearing a breastplate? Like, was that fake bubby meat on her in the confessions? Fake bubby meat. Do you know what I'm saying? Was that a breastplate? Cause a lot of people were saying it was a breastplate, which fine. If anyone wants to wear a breastplate, no shade. I just thought we were getting an answer to that question. And then ultimately, I don't think that we did get an answer to that question. Did unless I maybe I missed it. I tried to figure it out. You know, I can't keep up with what's going on. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention with Salt Lake City was, uh, coach Shaw did join the stage and a lot of people are comparing the coach, uh, the Jen Shaw and the coach Shaw with the bamboozle Jane of it all over on Beverly Hills. And I do think just ultimately, Jen did seem uh, a little nicer to everyone. Of course, she wasn't perfect to everyone, by all means. I just felt like she did have, I don't know, some humor to her. And I think that's why maybe some people are siding with Jen, despite the fact that maybe she's more guilty of crimes than Bamboozled Jane was. You know, we're just going off emotion of what we see. And I think the other reason why Jen is sort of publicly getting off with more or with less public scrutiny than Erica Jane did is because if you watch the season of the real House of Salt Lake City, it wasn't really about Jen. Now over on the Beverly Hills season, it was all about Erica Jane. The whole season, every episode was about Erica Jane and the legal situation. So, of course, on Salt Lake City, we're not taking it as seriously as fans because the show didn't. We're we're at a mercy of Bravo of what they show us. They take us on a roller coaster ride, and we either get on or we get off. And so, Jen Shaw, I do believe it was just presented to us differently. And so, I think that's why there's a little more sympathy for Jen Shaw than there was with Erica Jane. And so, I don't know. That's what I'm choosing to believe. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Uh, but I do have to say, I they did lose me. There was one moment in the Salt Lake City where they lost me, and that was when uh, Coach Shaw was talking about his, uh, his, I'm sorry to say this, his rectal bleeding. Now, I don't mean to say rectal bleeding. I think this is the third time I just said rectal bleeding on this program. And I don't believe that I've ever said rectal bleeding before on this whole, I've been doing this for four plus years I don't think I've ever had to say the word, the term rectal bleeding. And yet here I am because the housewives are always presenting us with something new. But Coach Shaw was standing firm in the fact that when Jen was called on the Zion bus or whatever that bus was, the stripper bus, when she got that phone call, she's sticking to the fact that he had rectal bleeding. And so that's why she was concerned and turned off the mic and then hopped on the freeway to get off uh, away from Homeland Security. But I do I believe that? I certainly don't. I certainly don't believe that. And I do believe that it was very smart of them to really lean in to the idea of rectal bleeding, because no one's really going to question rectal bleeding, right? Again, I'm sorry to keep saying it. Some of you are turning off this podcast. You're saying, Danny, stop it. Sometimes you message me. You say you're listening with kids in the car or something. And I'm sorry you don't want your kids to hear about rectal bleeding, but it's something that happened on this podcast or on this show. So we got to talk about it. Uh, so... I do think it was very smart because Andy, no one's really interested. Once you say rectal bleeding, you're just, everyone's eyes glaze over and we just think like, okay, whatever you're going to tell us now, we're, we're moving on, right? You just move right on, right on out of there because no one wants to talk about that. So I think it was a, a very, a calculated move and a brilliant move, very brilliant of them to say that that was what was going on. But do I believe it? Of course I do not. And I actually don't really feel like there was a ton of questioning with for Jen Shah. I kept expecting there to be more, and I think it's largely because of how we handled the Real Houses of a Beverly Hills reunion, where it was like so much Erica Jane and like what did you know and this, and it felt like we were on a court stand. And here on Jen Shah, she was just having a, a good time on the reunion, and she was able to flip it around a few times. And Lisa Barlow. Uh, and so most of the reunion was spent talking about Lisa Barlow's stuff and uh, the hot mic moment where she called her best friend a 10 years a whore. So and Seth showed up, he couldn't be there in person, but he was on the screen. And I do Seth was a lot of you yelled at me because earlier in the season, I said, I find Seth a little bit attractive again, not proud of it, but I did find him nice and, and breezy during the reunion too. And he showed up on that fucking zoom, that zoom TV. And I hate when they do those zoom TVs. I hate it when I saw him on there. They used to have to do it a lot. Remember, they had to do it on some of the other shows where they just show someone on the screen. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. It happened on Dallas. Remember, a couple of the women tested. And of course, we want everyone to be safe and healthy. But I can't look at another person on one of those computer screens or TV screens or whatever, where it's a half. It just looks like a random robot or something. I don't know. I don't like it. I don't like it. I'd rather Seth not even be there. But I did like him. I did like him. So, uh, also briefly, Orange County, we got, uh, the gals over visiting Heather's college. They went to New York City, her and Casita. And I liked the Casita college trip. I liked seeing Heather at her, at her alma mater. And she was talking, but it is starting to feel like it's just like Heather's spinoff show. I don't even feel like I'm watching a house size ensemble anymore. It just feels like it's, this is Heather's spinoff where she's doing her podcast touring and she's, I don't know, getting Casita clothes from her line, and I, it's too much of Heather DeBro's world. I'm not interested, in. I need to get out of Heather DeBro's world. It's too much Heather DeBro. And I don't even think it's her fault. I think at least she's bringing a lot. She's bringing a lot to the TV screen, and I like her there. Just just needs more balance. Because I don't know what's happening. Hip and Casita, I don't know what they're adding to the program. I don't know. Dr. Jen and the cringy dinner that she had with the husband, Ryan. I mean... I don't, that was something at least. I don't know. It just, it's not gelling for me. It's not gelling. And then Shannon, Shannon trying to pretend she's friends with these people and she's not at all. I mean, the most uncomfortable to me is Shannon and Noella pretending to be buddy buddy because it's, we can all, we can all lie to ourselves and say, yeah, they're friends, but you guys, you're lying to yourself. We're all lying to ourselves. There's no, they don't have any chemistry. They say that they're friends. And of course they had that moment last week's episode where they hopped in the pool with Archie. God bless Archie too. That dog is so cute. Ugh, I love that dog. But. We're trying to pretend Shannon's friends with any of these people. And we're all just like, it's so funny to me how much we're lying to ourselves. Again, we always suspend disbelief for these programs. But I've never suspended more disbelief than this season of Orange County when I'm trying to pretend that Shannon has chemistry with any of these people. And again, I say I don't want Shannon going anywhere. She's a great housewife, okay? Even though I dislike her, I think she's great for the show. But we need a bridge. They need to give Shannon a friend or someone that at least like we can pretend that she's friends with. Because obviously, her and Heather hate each other. Her and Noella, zero chemistry. I mean, there's only less chemistry between her and Hip and Casita. I mean, it's all just, it's shocking. It's shocking how much we're just suspending all of our disbelief and lying to ourselves. And speaking of lying to ourselves, we're going to take a quick break. But I am very happy. Teresa, she was on Watch What Happens Live, and she said she's getting married. And she's not having Melissa in the wedding. She's not having Melissa in the wedding. (gasps) I have the chill. No. Wow, so we're gonna come back after this break and we're gonna talk about New Jersey briefly and and then that whole thing about the wedding because I have thoughts. I have thoughts. visit betterhelp.com slash everything iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's com slash everything iconic.
1: Somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this.
0: And we're back. Okay, we got to talk about that Watch What Happens Live moment because Teresa Cedice, she was on Watch What Happens Live. Andy said, what's going on with the wedding with Louie? And she says, oh, we're getting married. I think she said maybe late summer or something. She said not fall earlier than that. And then uh the other guest, Lonnie Love, had asked, well, are any housewives going to be in the wedding? And Teresa said, no, none of them. And then Andy said, even your sister-in-law, Melissa. And Teresa's like, "Now." And you guys, I couldn't believe my ears because for so long we've been seeing these two pretend that they like each other when we know that they don't. Earlier, of course, in the run of The Real House of New Jersey, it was clear that Teresa hated Melissa, every ounce of her being. But they seem to have come together with this weird truce where it was like, we're going to be friendly with each other and pretend like we're sisters. And it was always so forced. It was like through gritted teeth. They hated each other. And now, finally, we've gotten to the point we've gotten post-pretending and Teresa just flat out said, she's not going to be in the wedding. And Andy's like, oh, is she just finding out that about this now? And Teresa's like, well, whatever. Don't make it a thing, Andy. You know. And it's going to be a thing. And I'm so excited to finally make it a thing because I was so sick of it. I was so sick of all of us just pretending. And so it's finally out in the open, but now we said it. And I'm assuming we're going to see this play out, the wedding play out on the show. But I'm also sort of surprised about Dolores because – You're going to have bridesmaids, but I was surprised that Dolo's not going to be in it. I mean, what was that about? I was shocked. I mean, Dolo... I mean, it also makes me think, really, we're all suspending all of our disbelief with all these shows, because none of them are really friends, and Teresa's finally just given up on pretending. She's not going to have a wedding. Oftentimes, these women have the weddings on the show, and they have to include someone from the cast as a bridesmaid, and you're like, well, you're not really friends. And then they leave the show, and no one ever speaks to each other again. So, I mean, we saw Cynthia and Nene sign a friendship contract and that all went to shit. I don't see them hanging out. I mean, maybe once in a while they're photographed for a photo or something, but it certainly doesn't seem like a friendship contract situation. So I don't know. I'm, I'm happy we're done pretending, but also a little concerned what that means for us. Cause we might have to start facing the facts and get back to reality and facing reality. Uh, okay. So what else is going on on this week's, um, Real House in New Jersey? We're getting a lot of men work, a lot of men work. Last week, we ended the show with this Bill and, uh, Evan fight. Oh, and by the way, you guys, I was on watch what happens live with Evan and Jackie and Evan was so attractive. He smelled really nice. And I just got to say, he was like very solid. Like we took a photo and I'm not saying I was like feeling him up or anything. I'm just saying like I had to put my arm around him for the photo and he was just so solid. It was like, you know, when you touch a man, and it just feels like solidness. And so I just commend him on that. I don't know what his workout regime is, but if he's got a trainer, good job, because that man was solid. He was solid man. Uh, but last week on the end of New Jersey, they were fighting with each other, the men. And then this week we opened with the men, and it's kind of weird to me how much they're leaning. This feels like a setup for a spinoff. I feel like they're setting up the men on the spinoff. I don't even feel like this is just coincidental on New Jersey. I feel like this is a backdoor pilot. Now, that means I think that they really want to get a show with the men going, and I don't want to watch it. I certainly don't, because I like seeing them on Jersey. Jersey's the only one I want to see some of the men, but again, very limited. Like, they need to limit it. Limit it. Because it's too much, and sometimes they get a little too men-happy over here. And I'm not like a men-hater or something. You know I love Dick. I certainly do. But I just don't need a whole show just about the men on this uh, Housewives. We're watching Housewives, not the house husbands, right? So uh, I just would like them to scale back a little bit, although I like that they were doing a little something. And then, oh, Tiki Barber was confronting Louis about the— the ex-girlfriend situation, which I was confused. And I, again, I watched this like half awake because, uh, running on zero sleep and I was sort of confused. So like they were saying that there was like a, a physical violence uh, accusation from the ex, but then he was saying then he got engaged to her after, after she pulled a, a knife or I don't, I don't even know if I should speak on this because I don't know if that I got the facts right. I was trying to write it down, but. Apparently there were allegations that the ex-girlfriend stabbed the husband. All of this is alleged by the way. I don't want anyone to get in, me in trouble. But then he got engaged to her and then the men just sort of cheersed and moved on. It was like so I was like am I in the twilight zone? What is this? This is why we can't have a spin-off with the men cuz I had a whiplash after watching. I'm like what are they even saying? It was like pretty serious topics of conversation. And women, you know, the thing I like about watching The Real Housewives is like they would sit and they would break all this down. And they'd say, okay, well, what happened here? What does that mean about this? And how do we feel about that and this and that? But with the men, it was like, oh, yeah, she stabbed someone, and then I got engaged. Cheers! And then they cheers. And I was like, what? Is, what did they just say? I lost my balance. I did. I fell right over when I got up to go to the restroom because I didn't even know what was going on. I blacked out. And so uh, that was confusing to me. And so uh, that scene alone was reason enough not to have this male spinoff because it didn't make any uh, lick of sense. They just cheered and moved on, and then, then, then we see the men waking up hungover. And Evan worked out, of course. That's why he's got the solid body. Louis threw up twice, and I got to say, people yelled at me because I, I call him. They call him Louis on the show, and somebody said I need to start calling him Lewis. Like I got a very angry. Somebody sent me like a voice memo message on Instagram. You know, he could send. It wasn't even text. It was like a very. Ang- I should have played it on this podcast, but I don't want to blow up this person's spot. But they did send me a voice memo. About it and said his name is Louis. And I was like, well, they all call him Louis on the show. Like I didn't respond to this person, but I am apparently responding right now here on the podcast because if they call him Louis, I hope I'm not getting it wrong, but my apologies because they're calling him Louis on the show. So I, I can't know everything, but I'm just going to go by the names that they're giving us. And sometimes I don't even do that. Sometimes I get names wrong. It is what it is. I talk for two hours a week sometimes on this podcast. So there are occasionally times I'm gonna get things wrong. But somebody sent me, whoever that was out there in the ether, I blocked you, so I'll never get another message from you. <laughs> I blocked that person. I did. You know, sometimes I can't handle the I mean you can block the person. You hit the block button. So maybe they probably stop stop listening to this podcast. I apologize. But uh you know, I do the best that I can. Anyway, so we're calling him Louie because that's what they call him on this. Uh, but Evan is like talking to Jackie and I was like, Louie's a nice guy. And Jackie's like, I don't like that we're discounting this woman. And I don't know. They're all, I don't know what to believe at all. I mean, I don't like that we're all just saying this woman's crazy, especially because we haven't even met her or know anything about this woman. And they're all just like, well, she's lying. And I don't like that. I don't like that. But I don't, I don't really know if I'm even getting the story right. Then we cut to Louie and Teresa. Teresa's pissed because Tr- she's pissed with this Tracy. Tracy and now Tiki. Tracy and Tiki trying to get those meatballs in the opening credits. And uh, get the hands on the hips. She wants a full-time spot. And so she's coming after Teresa. And look, if you're going to come after Teresa, which I do believe this is Teresa's show. It's it's very clearly her program. I mean, the show doesn't exist without her in a lot of ways. And I do think it should be an ensemble cast. But as it stands, this is Teresa's show. It's about her and the daughters, the daughters. And so I think when you come in as a new cast member – I don't think that you should be too shy or I don't think you should be afraid to speak your mind or give your opinions because if anything, to stand out in Jersey, you're going to have to do that. My problem – or the thing that I'm finding the disconnect with is Tracy is it feels like she's sort of dipping her toe in and she's a little skittish with it. And it's like if you have these opinions, it it feels – Tepid. Does that make sense? And so I'd almost maybe would kind of not, I don't know if respect is the right word, but I would almost kind of accept a little more, but it just feels so tepid that I'm not, I'm not buying it. And so Tiki, I did feel like Tiki came in and he was so calm and level headed. And when he was saying, um, to Louie, he was asking questions and I felt like he was doing a great job as a cast member. But with, uh, Tracy, I feel like she's kind of also playing a little bit both sides and, She's afraid to get too much in the mix, which, by the way, I get that on a human level. If I was Tracy, I wouldn't want to be in this mix because I'd be scared. I'd be scared Teresa flipped a table at someone. Of course I'd be scared that she'd flip a table at me. Uh, So I understand it on a human level. I just feel like she's kind of dipping her toe in. And Teresa's pissed, and she's not going to be too happy with... Tracy, when she uh, sees these episodes, and I don't know if they're inviting Tracy to the reunion, but Tracy, I'm like almost a little bit worried for her because there's no way she's going to survive once Teresa gets a hold of this information. Then we got to talk about the Jen and the Bill stuff. Now, I feel so bad. I feel bad for Jen, and I don't like the way that Bill's handling this. Jen literally says, I need you to stop being silent. I need you to engage, show some emotion. I'm, give her what she needs. She's feeling alone in this situation. And obviously, she didn't want this to come up on national TV, but it has come up on national TV. And now she's simply asking for her husband to engage. And she seems so vulnerable, doesn't she? I mean, I know I've been saying that every week, but I feel sad for Jen. And I don't like that no one is really like sticking up for her. And I didn't always love Jen, by the way. You guys know that. I haven't really been Team Jen much But this season, I do feel sorry for that woman, and I feel like even the husband is not giving her what she needs. And yes, he sort of went after the guys, and like he left the thing, but I don't know. She's literally here begging him. She's saying, I'm feeling alone. I feel bad for Jen. I feel bad. I feel bad. And of course, this is what this show is. You go on these shows, and they bring up these rumors and everything. It's a scary thing. So I feel bad for her, but also it's part of the game of this show, unfortunately. Uh, I do think Margaret's going a little too hard on it, and not only on Jen but on Teresa. I don't. I don't think it's really. I think Margaret is doing a good job of playing the housewives game, right? Like she's giving us content, she's making the storylines move forward, and for that, I do respect that we're getting a season, right? But on the other hand, it is feeling like she's going pretty hard. She's going pretty hard, and I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll judge by the end of it. Dolores, of course, she the house finally got finished by Frank Sr., and he finally took a break from all those boat whores over at the Jersey Shore and then came and finished the house. And I really felt at home when they were showing the house and they had all those religious statues on top of a TV cabinet, I felt like I was right at home visiting my family. Because, you know, that's the Italian way. Italian way to just put a statue of Mary over top of your TV where you're watching Mad Men or whatever. And it's just... <laughs> just <laughs> I mean, there was one TV cabinet. I don't know if it was a TV cabinet or what. It was like every statue of from the... It was like every saint and Mary, Joseph, Jesus, the whole nine. The whole nativity was the top Dolores' television set. And that made me feel right at home. I really like that. Uh, but Dolores is going through a lot with the mom. And then I felt bad because she's going through everything. And then Margaret's like, well, I wanted to do something nice, so I'm planning a group outing. And it's like, well, I don't think... <laughs> It's never a good idea when these women get together because all they do is fight. And so I love when they, on all of the shows, when they have to get together and they say, oh, I wanted them to have a relaxing day. And it's like, no one would have a relaxing day uh, with all of these women. But then we see, oh, we got to talk about this for at least 45 minutes. Uh Gia and um Teresa are talking because Teresa is about to go on the anniversary trip with Louie. Not a trip. It's a boat ride. Boat ride. She goes for one year anniversary with Louis and he did a scroll. Is that how you describe it? That's what the, Teresa called in her confessional scroll, but it was like some very troubling fonts. And it just was a list of things of like why Louis liked Teresa and the list. I tried to write some down and, uh, let me see. You look so good. Your bashfulness and authenticity. I love your voice, your look your voice. You are adorable. I love smiling and laughing. I love how we create a safe space for one another. This was shocking to me. And I love a lot of things about our dear Teresa, including I love her voice a little bit ironically. And yet, I don't believe that Louis was talking about her voice ironically. I think he genuinely loves the tone and timbre of her voice. And God bless, but I was shocked to see that on the scroll. Again, I'm not here to judge someone's voice, but I'm doing it right now. And I'm not saying that she has one of the most uh, recognizable. I don't know what the type of adjective I want to use for this is, but it's certainly a voice. It's certainly a voice. And the fact that he wrote that on the scroll, it took me for a loop. It took me for a loop. And meanwhile, they're on this boat ride. They got someone playing the saxophone as if we're Kenny G concert. And by the way, did you see that Kenny G documentary? If you haven't watched it, go to HBO Max. I think it's called, it's called Music Box and Kenny G. So Music Box, I think I think that's like a documentary series. Forgive me if I'm getting this wrong. I wasn't planning on telling you guys about this. But there's a documentary on HBO Max called Music Box, and there's an episode all about Kenny G that was so fascinating. The way that Man's Rise in the 90s was, truly. if you're into music history or pop culture history or 90s or whatever, check it out. It was really insightful to me. I thought it was a great doc. Anyway, there was a sax player on the boat, And she bought him a bracelet, which that was also, I mean, all about everything about this one year anniversary. It was surprising to me. Surprising one year anniversary made it. Looks like we made it. Shania Twain. Uh, okay. What else is about on? Melissa and Antonia? They got in a fight and I feel bad for Antonia. Honestly, she's at 16. She got ripped from her school so that the other boys could play football and then she tore her. I don't know, was ACL or something? She couldn't play on the cheer team. She's pissed. Antonia is pissed and I felt bad for Antonia. I was like, why are they prioritizing the guys and their football and these little boys playing football over Antonia? She's the oldest daughter. And so the daughter had to move and now she's not feeling, she's in a funk and she's pissed and I felt bad for her. The daughters are really the future of this franchise though, because I thought I got a lot of, I got a lot of like energy out of Antonia and I was like, I would watch her and Gia. Maybe that's not a popular thing, but I would sort of be into, like, the daughters. I don't know. Maybe throw Gabby in. I don't know if Gabby would really be— Gabby seems like she's not interested in getting in the mix of the drama. You know, Dolores' daughter. But I do feel like the other daughters are ready to get in the mix. So I would like to see. Maybe they take over the—I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we also learned that Teresa used to play the saxophone. She played the saxophone. That just shocked me. I don't know. That shocked me on that whole boat ride though. I was really happy. I like when Teresa's really like breezy. I like when she's like in a good mood and having a good time. It makes me feel good. Uh then um what else is going on? We got that scroll. We had a spa day and I like when Margaret Josephs had to walk in and she was like, I'm Margaret Joseph's and I'm here for a spa day with my friends. And it's like, no shit, we always do that on these shows where they have to pretend, you know, they pretend that they're just signing in for their day. And it's like, Well the camera crew is already there setting up, so like obviously they know Margaret's about to walk in. It's on the call sheet. And yet they still have to do the pretending thing of like I'm here for I Registered my spa day. I made my appointment for the dinner reservation. And it's like, yeah, no shit. The camera guy's right on you as you walked in, you dummy. <laughs> and it's not, I'm not saying Margaret's dummy. I'm saying we're all the dummies because obviously we're falling for it all and they keep doing it. And I love it. I love it. And then even Melissa showed up. She's like, I'm here for Margaret Joseph's spa day. No shit. No shit. <laughs> uh, Anyway, Margaret's being a little mean-spirited in a professional, I thought. I thought. And I've always loved Margaret. You know I love my Margaret. She's been on this show multiple times. Margaret, I think, was the first housewife to come on this podcast. So there's always going to be a gratefulness there. But I feel like she's being a little mean in the confessional. She said something about Teresa being gullible. Which I'm not saying that she don't fit. I'm just saying. It just felt mean-spirited. It felt a little mean to me. Uh Then, what was going on? Oh, they split up and they do... I don't know. They do like a... A different spot. Some of the gals went in one room. It was weird that when they split up, it was Teresa, Dolores, and Jackie, which I was interested in that pairing because Jackie normally is on the other side, but those women were in separate rooms. But then the other women, other three women, Tracy, Melissa, and the other Margaret, they were all together in a room. So that didn't make any sense to me. Uh, they do call out Dolores because Dolores' ex, David, is taking care of the mom. And Dolores is like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And Melissa's like, she's not fine. And then Melissa also revealed that she moved to Florida when she was a young girl. At 16, her dad died, which is so devastating. And they showed a flashback photo of Melissa in a Versace. I don't know if it was Versace or as, uh, of course, our Dear Showgirls movie calls it, Versace. Versace. Which, let I remind you that one time in an ad on Everything Iconic, I said... Versace instead of Versace, because I assumed a lot of you would know that, was from the movie Showgirls. And I got a lot of people correcting me and saying, <laughs> thinking I was dumb for saying it was Versace. And I was like, well, it's from the movie Showgirls. So if you haven't seen Showgirls, immediately go watch it. It's completely unhinged in the best ways. Anyway, so Melissa, uh, they showed her in the Versace.
1: That's stamps.com. Code program. And
0: then uh, we see um, Jen and her brother. We get a little uh, scene of them at the bagel pastry shop. This was an interesting shop. I don't know the name of it, but this really intrigued me, this bagel. They had the pastries and then they had the bagel sandwiches. And there is nothing I love more than like a bacon, ham, egg and cheese sandwich, like a breakfast sandwich. Truly, nothing thrills me more than a breakfast sandwich. I live for a breakfast sandwich. And so I don't even know what exactly Stephen was saying. He was talking about gay pride or something. I'm not sure. But I was focused on the fact that this had not only breakfast sandwiches, but also what looked like delicious pastries, like cookies and Italian cookies. May may, Were they Italian? I'm not sure. But they were like all these good-looking cookies, and I was having a blast. What kind of restaurant is this? Because normally you have one or the other. I don't feel like it's always just like that kind of that double bagel ham egg and cheese bacon egg and cheese bagel sandwich with then you get the cookies to go i mean uh i mean i guess there are places like that but it just really thrilled me it really thrilled me and I was back home. I was visiting family in Ohio and I got to go to all my Cleveland spots. You know, I head on over to Jimmy Leschi's, get some Italian food. I went to Mally's chocolates. Oh, by the way, I gotta say, some people at the live events brought me stuff, which was the nicest thing ever. I got this cute Ohio t-shirt that I loved. Some people gave me Mally's chocolates, which is my favorite chocolatier in Ohio. I love Mally's chocolates. And so the people who in Cleveland who gave me the Mally's chocolates, oh, I love you for it. I got uh, this necklace that said mention and all was so sweet. Some people wrote me letters. Written you letters. Written you letters. If you've ever seen the movie P.S. I Love You. <laughs> Some of you probably have no idea what the reference I just did was. But there's a movie called P.S. I Love You, and Gerard Butler plays... Know, is he Irish in there or something? In the trailer for that movie, though, he says, I've written you letters. Anyway, uh, some people wrote me letters, and I just have to thank everyone who brought me a little gift. It was too nice of you. Too nice. But the Mally's chocolate is my favorite. Oh, I love a chocolatier. Anyway, the episode ended. We get the mid-season trailer, which, I don't know, didn't really thrill me. Although I think the finale is going to be good. And I did get emotional seeing Teresa and the girls move out of their house, out of that that castle. It scared me. I don't know. I was crying along with them. So I don't know how I'm going to handle that. Uh, the finale is going to be good I'm excited so that's this week's episode thank you all so much for listening again next week we'll be back with more official longer episodes of Everything Iconic but I guess we already went 40 minutes so this was pretty much a normal sized episode I wasn't planning on it but here we go here we go we're back and better than ever so thank you all for tuning in thank you all for buying the book and all the nice messages I love you all so much and we will be back next week I think the schedule next week might be different because Salt Lake City's off now So I think next week we might split up the Jersey and Orange County recaps. I'm not sure. Just subscribe to the Everything Iconic feed. Go to ACAST.com for all episodes of Everything Iconic. And uh, order the book anywhere. And I hope to see some of you on Friday in Los Angeles. And if you are doing the live stream and you bought a ticket with the book, just know that the book will ship after the event, because there will be a signed book. So they'll send the signed books after I sign them on Friday. And so I'm excited to see some of you there. And I love you all. And we will talk soon. Bye-bye. Oh, we should do our cheese little cool down. We need that. Don't we need that? Let's all take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take one more deep breath in. We need this. We need it. Don't we need it? I need it. Hold it. Breathe out. Uh, I love you all so much for listening. Stay safe, and we'll talk soon. Bye-bye.